What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, it's your host, Charles. Today, we've got another exciting episode for you. I'm sitting down with the CEO of Hashrate. He's also the producer and host of Hashrate TV. His name is Wit or Whitney. Uh, you might also know him as Bitcoin Broski. Today, we're going to get into you know how he built his businesses uh, and the effects that media have and content creators have on the crypto markets, uh, specifically during a bull run and with regards to adoption. Uh, we're also going to get, like I said, into how he created his businesses and also what he plans to do in the future with these businesses. But before we get into all of that, two quick things. The first, it's a video interview. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, anything like that, there is a link in the description below and you can head over to YouTube so you can watch along as you are listening. And the second is I do just want to give a quick shout out to the sponsors. I've had them on for a while. I plan on keeping them on as long as possible. I love working with them. The first is Crypto.com. One of the biggest companies in the industry, you've probably heard about them if you are tuned in at all. Uh, they've got a couple cool things. Uh, it's pretty run-of-the-mill stuff. I have talked about it before, but the first is their Visa credit card that they offer. Uh, it allows you to spend your crypto and also comes with some huge perks. Uh, the most notable is probably the up to 5% cash back you can get on all purchases. And they've got a couple other cool things like, you know, free Spotify, free airport lounge access, stuff like that. Uh, but the big one is that cash back uh, and those cash back rewards that you can get. It's also a really cool metal card. Uh, not many people have them. They're, you know, usually a plastic card. It's kind of a cool conversation piece or a conversation starter. Uh, it can really intro your friends to crypto that way. Um, but again, most important thing, in my opinion, the 5% cash back. Uh, and on top of that, they also do have the Crypto Earn program where you can earn interest on your crypto that you hold on their exchange or on their site. Uh, they offer up to 6% cash back on Bitcoin, I think 4% on Ethereum, uh, uh, up to around 6%, I think, on most of the majors. Uh, and then on stable coins, they actually offer a full 10% annually, uh, which is unheard of in my opinion. So if you're sitting on the sidelines with some cash and it's just sitting around not doing much, you can sign up for Crypto Earn, send it over, and start making 10% annually. I personally hold some of my crypto on there. Uh, I'm earning interest on it while the market goes up, so it really is a win-win. I highly encourage you guys to check it out. There will be a link in the description for you guys to do that. And then the second is CoinFlip one of the largest Bitcoin and crypto ATM machines in the industry. Uh, they're actually first largest by volume and third largest by number of machines. They're literally everywhere. So if you want to make a purchase from a Bitcoin ATM or you want to show your friends how it's done, head on over to their website. Links in the description below. You can find a machine that's closest to you. Head out and purchase some crypto. Like I said, they are one of the largest companies in the industry, so they offer some of the lowest fees in the market. And then I do just want to talk about their OTC desk as well for a quick second. I know I've talked about both of these in length, but they just started it up, I want to say three months or so ago. Things have been going great. Uh, and it has, again, one of the lowest fees of any OTC desk there is and also one of the lowest minimums. It's a $5,000 minimum, so if you're thinking about purchasing some Bitcoin over the counter, head on over to their website and you can do that today. Thank you for sitting through that. Now let's get to the... Uh, so I'm sitting down with Whitney, or Wit. We can get into why there was that change in a second, but uh, really appreciate you sitting down with me. Very happy to have you here. This is the, actually the first podcast I'm recording in my new place. Uh, thank you for kind of breaking it in with me. Uh, before we get into kind of the bulk of this show or this episode, we talk about your businesses, media in general, 
Uh, can you just give us some quick, quick background on yourself and what you're doing before crypto so we can get some insight into who you are? Sure. And thanks for having me on, Charles. This is awesome. I'm um, hyped. Uh, long, time, long time listener of the show. You do an awesome job. And it's cool to see how far you've come, man. I remember the first few episodes. Uh, God, what was it? 2018? Like, like right at the beginning of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, awesome. They were, so, they were a mess back then. I like, I've listened to one and I just like cringe at all of it. It was so bad. They're not, you know what? They're, they're great though. They were like a start and it was what was needed. Um, yeah. That was a real, like it was a good gap that you filled. And I mean, obviously the market has spoken and you're crushing it. So I appreciate that, man. Really do. Uh, you know, for, for my story, I, you know, prior to crypto, I was an entrepreneur. Um, always, I think that like, being an entrepreneur is kind of like a disease. Like once you have it, you just can't shake it. No job will ever fix it. Um, everyone will wonder why you're spending money on this crazy thing. They'll treat you like, uh, like you're a problem child. And I've just always been that. Like I've always been a person that's wanted to work for myself and never really enjoyed the nine to five. Um, and you know, prior to crypto, I had a couple of roles that allowed me to kind of flex those entrepreneurial muscles and help teams grow. And one of those was with um, Alliant Payment Systems, which is a big credit card processing company, one of the first to really move over into crypto. Uh, and, you know, I was there in 2014. Oddly enough, I think I just, you know, was oblivious to it at the time. I wasn't paying attention to the fact that the CEO of the company was actually accumulating the entire time. Um, so I just, I blew my chance there. Uh, and then I moved over to a startup called puppyspot.com, which is the largest online dog brokerage in the world. They do about $75 million a year in puppy sales, all online. And I was a part of the, the growth team there and focused on a lot of their, um, their enhancements and their, their sales growth and all that. And that was, a, that was a big learning experience for me. And it taught me a lot about the, you know, the startup life and you know, how you wear many hats and uh, helped me in my entrepreneurial journey. Uh, and then, you know, straight out of puppy spot, I found Bitcoin and uh, bought the top in 2017, went all in and then immediately transferred those, you know, top positions in ETH and Bitcoin into all of the tops in the shit coins. Um, so, you know, bought Ripple right around like $3 and <laughs> dude wrote it all down. Like I, I remember we were at my family's house. It was after the holidays and I showed my wife my portfolio. And we, like my initial investment was up like 70%. So I showed her, I'm like, damn, this is awesome. Yeah. This crypto thing is We're legit. We're killing it. Yeah, I, I'm really glad I quit my job. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, and then two days later, we were dead. Like we were below our initial investment and almost completely busted, right? And my whole thought was like, fuck, how do I, I like I can't show her now. Yeah, like, th this you, you is, can't tell you know, the wife at this point. Yo ultimate husband fail. Like you quit your job, <laughs> you were up and now you're almost out of money. Like what, what the fuck is this? So, uh, so that was my, like my first foray into crypto, um, added a little bit more money to my stack, got tied in with a great group of people, Bitcoin Birch, who I know you featured on the show. Um, and he was gracious enough along with like Bitcoin Jack Sparrow and random tasks. They all took me under their wing and kind of helped me as like their special needs child to learn how to, you know, play these markets and but fortunately it's, it's led to some good things. So, yeah, some, <clears throat> sorry, some very big things. Uh, I, I'm just kind of laughing at the fact that you quit pretty much at the top. Uh, I contemplated it. I know who, friends who quit right at the top to trade crypto. You're you, it seemed like it was a little bit more of investing at the time. Um, so congrats on sticking around because you've really built up some big stuff in that time. Uh, I know most people, they either, got in and got out with a little bit of money or got in, got burned and then got out and now call crypto a scam. But I think the people who kind of stuck around, put their heads down and continued to build some stuff, you know, have really, you know, exceeded expectations and separated themselves from the pack. Dude, could you imagine, could you imagine quitting at the beginning of 2019 or capitulating and like capitulating is not a bad thing, right? Some people have to save what they've got left of their stack. But yeah. Imagine like November of 2018 or, or November of 2019, you liquidate everything and you're like, fuck this. I'm going back to Office Depot. Like this is the life for me, right? <laughs> Dude, and like no offense to people that work there, but I mean, shit, God, man, what you miss out on. Right? Yeah. It's the, the old saying is like you, 
resistance is toughest right before the breakthrough, you know, and that's why a lot of people quit. And I mean, shit, a lot of traders, right? You'll sell a position and then it'll pump a hundred percent because <laughs> it's like, it's that last moment that you're like, all right, it's make or break right here. And you have the choice to make or break. And yeah, it sucks for all the people who have, who have, you know, not stuck around for it. I feel, I feel bad for him, man. I do too. And you know, if you, if you actually go back and look at the dates that I was putting out podcast episodes, I took like three months off in 2019. I almost quit and gave up on the podcast. I was like, you know, I'm not seeing the results that I want to see. Uh, hadn't picked up a sponsor. It had been like six months or so. And then like, you know, nine months in, I'm like, all right, you know what? Like, I'm not going to give up on this. I just put in so much effort, uh, really doubled down, really kind of upped the quality of the episodes, really put more thought and time into the questions I was asking guests. And that's when it really started to take off. And I, I was, you know, this close to just giving up on it. Uh, don't think I would have gone back to a real job. I think I would have figured something <laughs> else out. Uh, but I'm glad I stuck around for it. And you're, you're very right that like that final push is really what separates you from the rest of the world. So sure for you, when did you quit? When did you quit your bank job? Wasn't it like a year and a half ago now? Uh, so it was july 31st of 2019 so it's been one full year as awesome, of two dude. days ago yeah so i just Congrats hit, hit on my that. one year mark uh and i had i think i had quit the podcast before i quit my job and i was like i so i, I guess i was wrong in saying that i won't go back to a job uh but i was like maybe this you know podcast isn't for me maybe i keep my nine to five and work my amazon stuff on the side and then i really sat down and i was like I can make something of this. Like I can pick up some sponsors. I can make some money from this supplement, at least some of the income. And then if I have that full eight hours a day to kind of work on these two businesses, I'll make more than I was making at my job. And For that sure. was kind of that push that, uh, got me out the door. Cause Oh my God, I was dreading that job every single day. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I was working at a bank as an analyst. I would sit in my suit and tie at work for eight hours a day and uh, just just absolutely hate it. So very different life right now. I'm in my sweats, just rolled out of bed. You know, li life's good now. But uh, I do want to get back. Oh, okay, oh, uh, we can get back to me in a second, but I got to ask. All right, you, you go to leave the bank, right? Yeah. Uh, was it a thought out, like professional... Like, you know what? Hey, guys, here's my two weeks. Or was it, you know, boss is looking, looking over your shoulder one day and he's like, hey, get off your phone. And you just turn around and be like, I'm Fuck out. It. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> it. I'm gone. No, no, it was it was very well thought out. I would say I, I started okay. thinking about it in I want to say like late February or March. And it was just something that had kind of played in my mind for a couple months. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I, I don't hate the work. I really hate, you know, the time that I have to spend here. And sure. kind of the fact that I can't relate to any of my old white men coworkers who are hanging with their families every weekend while I'm out, you know, doing drugs in the desert or something. And so I for like sounds more fun. Yeah, it, it was um, nothing wrong with having a family. I hope to be there one day. But I, I can just do like, both. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was definitely just something of like. I'm thinking about it. It's in the back of my mind. And then sure. I'd say around May or so, <clears throat> like two months before I quit, I was like, all right, you know, like I, I need to start having conversations with my bosses, with my coworkers, see if this is something that I can do long-term uh, and just talk to them about kind of growth at the company and where we were headed as a company. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, even back then a year or so ago, people were worried about, you know, the economy crashing. A lot of the sure. C-level execs at my company were saying, you know, we give it 12 to 24 months. Uh, and that was, I think a year before that had even happened. So like 2018, they're saying 12 to 24 months. <laughs> and I was like, I could probably wait it out, like see how the company does through a kind of economic downturn. Uh, but they just kept pushing off these conversations of like, you know, hey, where's the company headed? Where am I headed at this company? Oh, don't worry about it. Just focus on what you're doing now. You know, you'll come into it. You'll grow eventually. Uh, but it was never anything concrete. And that was when I was really like, I need to make my exit. Uh, so I gave them, you know, close to a full month because another one of my coworkers in my exact same position, uh, there was like four younger analysts and one of them was leaving for another bank. And so when I talked to my boss, I was like, 
hey, I think I'm going to leave. He tells me, oh, you know, this other woman is going to be leaving as well. And so I stayed actually for an extra, you know, two weeks or so uh, just to kind of help that transition, let them look for somebody. So I think we left on, I left on really good terms. Very uh, professional of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As unprofessional sure. as I may seem online, uh, it was a very professional exit. So I'm very, like, I think that you, uh, when I look, think of professionalism, right? I think of people who show up on time, people who do what they say they're going to do, follow through, commit to their word and, and live up to it. Um, I think a lot of the old, like stuffy, you know, uh, paradigms that used to be are like, you don't talk about anything fun, right? You don't talk about doing drugs in the desert. That's not <laughs> professional. You don't have facial hair. You don't have tattoos. Like all that shit is so antiquated. Um, I don't know, man. I like, I just don't see it lasting. I think that, you know, the professionalism of the future is really just like being a good person and following through and much less the okay you know it's saturday and uh, charles is a burning man right yeah like, i don't think anybody cares yeah yeah I, I mean like i would cruise and i have a bunch of tattoos i had a big ass mustache when i went into work i'd wear my suit and tie to cover it of course the tattoos at least uh but i, I think we're slowly making that transition like my boss knew that i had tattoos he just said you know as long as you're in the office and it's covered up you're doing your work you're showing up on time you're reliable that is what's more important than this kind of right. appearance. I don't know if this was because it was a smaller, younger bank. Uh, I, I don't know if I went to Wells and was showing off all my tattoos, if they'd be too keen on it. But, you know, I'm, I'm out of that market now, so it really doesn't yeah. matter. Now I can get, Did you get face, a face tat. I was going to say I can get face and hand tattoos now. That's um, it. I, I got drunk and tattooed my own finger, but nothing other than that yet. So, I mean, nothing says unemployable, like a face tattoo. Like it doesn't I, matter. Like there's no job that you're going to get working for someone else. That's not an executive position where you, you have face tattoos. Yeah. It's, just not, it's, not it's, it's not happening. Uh -huh. Um, so I think I'm leaving the face clean. I've thought about maybe some stuff on the hands. Uh, I just can't ruin my perfectly beautiful face. You know, my hey, mom, my mom would kill me. Oh, for sure. But, that's... uh, hands are, hands are an option at this point. There you go. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of my exit from the financial world, or at least the quote unquote pro professional financial world into this very degenerate world of crypto that is also full of some of the most professional, hardworking people I know. Um, and, you know, yourself included, you've built up some crazy stuff in the last couple of years. Um, do you think we can kind of just get into hash rate and hash rate TV? I don't want it to be, I'd say, the focus of the episode. I do want to kind of mm -hmm. bring it out to media in general in this industry. Yeah. Uh, but I do yeah. want to, you know, preface it with what you're working on so we can kind of get an idea of the level of expertise that you have. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, Hashrate and Hashrate TV and really Hashrate TV is just an extension of Hashrate Media. Um, you know, we are a modern marketing or a modern mining company with a heavy marketing component, right? Our focus is to provide quality content, uh, educational information and um, services to the mining community. We want to make sure that miners are able to get set up, mine profitably and mine for the long term, whether they're Bitcoin miners, they're using GPUs, CPUs or FPGAs to mine altcoins, um, whatever the case may be. We do. I mean, we named our company Hashrate for a reason. We believe that Hashrate is currently the most important commodity on the planet, will continue to grow into the most important commodity on the planet. And eventually, um, the way that Bitcoin mining is going right now is almost a proof of concept as far as the hash rate markets that follow that go for how things will be priced in the future when, with regards to compute markets. So um, there's a, a lot deeper methodology to that. But uh, that's our software and our platform side. And there's a lot that we're building uh, through Hashrate Inc. Um, Hashrate TV is... It's bull run central, baby. Like our focus is <laughs> like we we want to have the most engaging content creators all in one place, providing awesome and fun shows, things that people are going to get excited about. Um, you know, obviously, Hashrate Podcast is you know a very popular mining podcast. It's focused on uh, I'd say our crowd is more like the the larger miners, the institutional investors, people who you know have you know those larger portfolios, and it's great. It's been a lot of fun bullish AF we've branched out to that's something that is my chance to have conversations like this like with people that I enjoy talking to about 
shit coins and trading talk in their life and what they're excited about. And um, it's just like a selfish project for me. Uh, pretty soon we have a, uh, I don't know how much I can share. Uh-oh. We've got a, oh, <laughs> yeah, fuck it, right? Like, I, I guess I can share anything, I, right? Like, I, Well, it's, yeah, it's, I just don't want so, to get you in trouble here. Nah, we're, well, who's going to fire me? me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, I mean, when it comes down to it, like, we've got a show that's coming out very soon that's hosted by two uh, notable people on crypto Twitter, uh, Dale and LD. They have a show that they're working on, which we're excited to uh, to release here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and then we have... Hold on, hold on. Uh, Can I interrupt here for a quick yeah. sec? Because... Yeah. So is Nick getting cut out of this? Is there some drama? I don't want to talk about it if there's too much no, drama. But they, no, have, actually, they have live from Iowa, so... They had live from Iowa. Um, yes, they did. They did have live from Iowa. That was past tense. Um, Nick is actually working with us as well. And okay. we are in the process of uh, getting her show going also. But it will be something that is literally focused entirely on nick um nick is fucking awesome like dale and ld are, are awesome as well I'm not taking anything <laughs> all, away all from three any of them of are that. yeah they are they're amazing but like i gotta tell you like the conversations with her and what she has ideas for i'm excited for it like for us our goal is not to like pigeonhole people into what they need to do it's to say hey look here's a channel we're backing you we'll provide you with producers and all the the support that you need do your thing so Nick's doing her thing. When her show's ready, it will launch. Um, and then Dale and LD, they have their show and it will launch. And we're excited for both of them. Um, and then we have a couple of other creators that everyone will will definitely know. One of those is is Android. He's got a show that he's working on uh, that will release here in the next few weeks. And then there are some others that I definitely can't talk about, but um, I'm excited. Like we we really are just focused on giving people the opportunity to make the shows that they want, put them all in one place. Um, and just have a lot of fun and like that's it's very important to us as a company we're built really on like fun and communication and making sure that like there's both of those because like work can suck um but we're of the belief that like we're not really looking to hire people right like these content creators that come on they're not employees like it's a it's a business partnership with i mean literally on on paper it's a business partnership but also how we view it as a business partnership like we contribute whatever we can to help them and then they contribute whatever they want to support their own show and make it the best show possible. So that's kind of how we, uh, how we're looking at hash rate TV and we are planning to go live with the channel, uh, here in the next seven to 14 days. So very, very soon, uh, for anyone who's listening, you better be on that. You cannot miss that. Uh, just the names you dropped already. Some great and wonderful people. Uh, are they going to continue to do live from Iowa or is that just going to, are they thinking about bringing that back up or is that just like on the side because of this? I think, I think live from Iowa has been sunset. Okay. Um, just I, to focus I can't on. keep up on the news anymore. There's too much going on. So I apologize if I'm just sounding stupid, ignorant right now. Nah, man. I mean, look, there's, there's all kinds of stuff going on on Twitter all the time. All I got to say is that like from this, I mean, at least from live from Iowa's point of view, um, there's no drama attached to it. Right. I think it was, uh, I mean, you know, I, we weren't a part of that show. I was on that show, but um, the three are still friendly and communicate all the time. And I, I don't think it ended poorly. There we go. That's kind of what I was looking for there. Um, so big, big things in the pipeline. I uh, do want to talk about a couple things uh, because this is like you guys have, I don't want to say you pigeonholed yourself, but you know, you had a very focused kind of niche within a niche, you know, mining yeah. within the cryptocurrency industry. Most people are like, I don't give a shit about this. You know, it's very, very it's niche. And I'm sorry to say it bluntly, you know, it's it's hard to say, but you guys have now started expanding into kind of the broader market. Uh, so can yeah. you talk, give us some insight into how you were able to pull that off? So my question to, you know, I hate to be that guy, but why why do you feel personally that mining is niche? And you're right, by the way, it is niche. But why why does that the case right now what would you say is the reason uh personally i mean i i think a lot of people got into this industry specifically a lot of the smaller guys at least got into this industry just to make some money on cryptocurrencies and it Mm -hmm. kind of can end there they can make their money and they're happy uh there's no need to kind of get further invested um and learn more about this industry i think some of 
the big guys in the industry can really get deep into mining and make shitloads of money. And there's yep. kind of that institutional side of it where things can really get big. Uh, but for the everyday average user, I'd say uh, it's not really a concern or a thought that they need to have to kind of get in, own their Bitcoin, own their money, as people say, and make money. Um, right. So I think that's why it's kind of, I'd say, a niche within a niche. For sure. Yeah, I, th that's a great answer. And, you know, ultimately, everyone's said for a very long time now that, like, mining is only for the big guys, right? Like, you can't, you got to come in with a big stack to make money. Um, and at the same time, I know you know this, I've always been focused on this, but like passive income is life. Like you have to find a way to generate passive income and mining is passive income. The only problem is that most, for most people, it's not accessible. So uh, we chose mining because we feel like it doesn't need to be niche. Like it doesn't need to be only limited to the big guys. And yeah. Uh, in the next month and a half, we will roll out with products that will make it available to every person. So if you can afford a crypto portfolio, you will be able to afford actual mining equipment in an actual facility mining for you at the same rates that anyone with, you know, $100 million with a mining facility is going to be paying. Um, so that's, I mean, that's really why we started is we want to make mining accessible to everyone uh, because it is, it's passive income. Like at a certain point, it's just a money machine for you, right? Yeah. You got to get it to that point. So we want to help people get there. The expansion uh, is part selfish because I started as a trader. I enjoy that. That's fun for me. Um, and then also just because we felt there's a gap, right? There's great con content creators like you. There's other great content creators that are out there. Um, but we're coming into a bull market. We're coming into a point, uh, into the, the time when like now is the time to be able to overwhelm the industry with like actually good content that is informative on YouTube. And like you do a fantastic job on the podcast and on YouTube, but you're not like the way that you do things is not the prevailing case on YouTube, right? Like most stuff on YouTube is it's drivel, right? Like you go on there and you know, seven out of 10 times, it's going to be a scam. Yeah. You know, it's talking uh, about so, some coin that's going to the moon and Bitcoin going exactly. to 30,000 every single episode. And it's, it's what yes. people want to see, unfortunately, and it gets the clicks. Uh, yes. So we need to kind of break away from that, which it sounds like you guys are trying to do. Yeah. So what we did is we hired one of the creators of uh, one of the channels that started like that. Right. So he, he created and built a, a YouTube channel up to about a hundred thousand subs, still very popular. Um, but we've brought him over as the producer. So he brings that like clickbaitiness that's necessary to get the views. Um, but once the people are on the content, it's actually informative, right? So uh, we're, you know, kind of guerrilla marketing in our own way through, uh, I mean, you're going to see it. Like as we put these thumbnails out, they're fucking like, <laughs> I see them. And I'm like, oh my God, are we going to do this? He's like, we have to do this. I'm like, all right, man, the content better be fire though. So so, so that that's the thing though, is like, you know, the, the people who actually, I know you want to bring it to a larger audience, but I think right now what the issue is, is that there's so few people still consuming content in the industry. Uh, and they're really looking for that. Like I want to say niche content, but that's not right. But yeah. they can, they can easily discern between, you know, this is scam, like, you know, just talking out their ass for clicks versus the stuff of substance. Are you guys at all worried putting out that kind of flashy showy stuff uh, that there'll be some negative pullback or pushback? Well, so it'll only be flashy, showy thumbnails. The content itself will still be informative and educational, right? So most people choose the shows that they're going to watch based on the thumbnail mm -hmm. uh, and the title. So we hired the producer that we did to follow on the viral trends and basically uh, move us up page ranks based on the virality of the title and the thumbnail. And then, you know, once they're in the show, it's not going to be the all right, Ripple's going to moon, right? Yeah. We're going to have the stuff that makes sense and educate people properly. So that's the goal. Shit, man. I might have to get on that because my titles, thumbnails, descriptions, they are all as serious as can be. This episode's just going to be titled How to Make a Million Dollars Mining. Uh, and oh, it's just going to be stacks of money and some mining oh, rigs. And that's going to be our title for this one. Um, I mean, dude, you know all you have to do to like take your channel from where it is to a hundred thousand is just docs. Like put that beautiful mustache oh. out there for everyone to see. 
I bro, I, I can't it. do it. The mustache is actually gone. I just shaved. What? I shaved it on a whim <sighs> one day, and it took me like a week to be like, all right, I like my face without the mustache. Uh, but for like a week straight, I was like, I'm growing this straight back out. But I, I think on the go forward, it's no mustache for me. So I don't want to disappoint the followers with the docs now. I might lose some if I if I do it at yeah. this point. God, who knows, man? Who knows? All right. I always talk. And I know you've had Nick Sops on a couple of times. I always talk to him about his beard. It's like, it's magnificent. Oh, right? like, it is, I, it is truly beautiful. That is a man who just lets the flow grow. And I love it. Yeah. You know, hair, yeah. beard, does not care whatsoever. <laughs> he's awesome to work with, too. Oh, he's, he's wonderful. He is, he's yeah. such a cool dude. Um, but okay, I want to get back to something very serious. And when I say that, cool. I say it sarcastically. Don't we have enough podcasts in this industry? Like everyone and their mother has a podcast. I know you said you want to fill a gap that isn't necessarily there right now. Um, yeah. But there's just so many of them. And how do we how do we kind of take care of this? Because you ask, you know, anyone on Twitter, they're like, we've got too many crypto podcasts. It's unnecessary. Yep. What Absolutely. are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, we're focused on YouTube and Twitch. So um, I, I agree. I, I agree that there are too many podcasts. I agree that uh, almost all formats are exactly the same. I agree that it's just a big circle jerk of the same people on every show. Um, I mean, the fact that the first question that almost every show asks is like a meme in and of itself, I think is an indicator of that. Yeah. Um, I try to stay away from it. You still you still went back to the, the Bitcoin story. I was like, well, I, the viewers don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way there's no way around it right yeah, like there's no, there's no way yeah you, there's no you way around to talk it. about it right but okay, and it's sorry, not hold on hold on sorry yeah sorry. just go ahead not not podcasts i i'd say content in general you know okay. youtube podcasts sure. uh live streams everything yeah and you know that the market will decide right okay. so i think that a dangerous thing is to not create new content because the thought is that there's too much content already out there um and that goes for anything in business like if you have a solid idea, you've got a solid business thesis, uh, it can be scary to enter a market that you feel there's going to be stiff competition. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're going to lose, right? Like you look at companies and now obviously Google is enormous, right? But it wasn't the first browser, right? Um, there is such a thing as last mover advantage in business. And I think it's very important to consider that if you're looking at a business opportunity, you can't be scared off just because there's competition, right? Like when we launched an operating system, there's tons of other mining operating systems out there. But they're all dog shit. You're right? doing so, it better. Yeah, and we're doing it. We're doing it in a way that is authentic, right? And that that speaks to people, you know. And it's the same with content. It's the same with anything, right? Like, I I think that giving some of the people who are amazing content creators a better platform with bigger distribution, proper advertising, uh, it's going to give them the platform that they need to overcome some of these other people who are producing really shitty content, but have just been around longer. Uh, and you know, the He's way that we look at it is- talking about me guys. Nah, dude, not at all. I think like, <laughs> hey, hey, listen, one thing that we can track back to, and I don't know if you remember this, you were actually the first person that I reached out to. I do remember um, that, that was that yep. was a while ago. Yeah, yep, that was when- it, Even since then. Yeah, that's when it all started, man. That was like, that was when the seed was planted. And I was like, we gotta, we gotta just get great people to a wider audience because mass adoption is coming like it seems like a meme but it's 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 real and pretty soon there's going to be content creators for crypto that have you know a million subs on youtube and are getting you know a million plus views for every video it's coming it's just who's going to chop the wood until it until it happens yeah <clears throat> so you mentioned you know this kind of distribution platform the advertising kind of all the ways to jump start your content and your media and your brand uh do you think that that's absolutely necessary with where we're at in the market when we have big guys who are doing hundreds of thousands of downloads an episode getting you know tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of views on youtube already so necessary is subjective, right? There's, uh, it, it just depends. Like it, their content could be great. It could be, you know, specific to a certain topic. Um, but I mean, the way that I think about it is like hash rate podcast is the biggest mining podcast. Should that stop other people from producing mining content? I hope not. Like I hope more people do. 
um, because chances are someone else may produce something that'll catch some attention and then they'll find their way to hash rate in time. Uh, and as long as there's advertising dollars to spend by these companies, they're going to find a home for it. And they're not just going to stop at one platform, right? Like if they invest in what Bitcoin did and he gets hundreds of thousands of downloads an episode or whatever he's at now, and he's making a lot of money, a company isn't going to rest on their laurels and be like, oh, that was a great investment. We should stop. They're going to be like, okay, well, that's, this is clearly a medium that works and we're able to capture more users. We should see who else in this genre we can sponsor to capture their users as well, right? So that's uh, that's what we think as we move forward. And, you know, advertising, um, I mean, prior to crypto, I, I was in advertising sales for quite a while and it's uh, there's always ad dollars to be spent. And right now everyone's looking to spend them on podcasts, YouTube and other web-based uh, digital content. No, so I appreciate you giving us insight into that. But I was actually talking about, you know, somebody who's starting up, you know, a podcast or some sort of YouTube channel. Do you think it's necessary for them to go through these kind of distribution channels? Or do you think they can still kind of make a name for themselves without it with these big people like, you know, Pomp, Peter, who have hundreds of thousands of downloads an episode? Um, do you think there's a way to kind of make a name for yourself without it? For sure. For sure. Yeah, there's there's always a way to market yourself and to create your own brand. Um, starting with, uh, you know, some kind of enhanced distribution is a leg up and it can help. And as long as you get a good contract and it makes sense for you, uh, then that's fine. I think that if someone's new and they get started and they lock themselves into something like, um, like okay, Caller Daddy is a perfect example, right? Caller Daddy, uh, are you familiar with that podcast? I am. I've never listened to it. I don't keep up with any of the news on it because sure. daddy gang is the most cringe thing I've ever seen, sure. but I do know the podcast. Yes. Right. So they signed on with Barstool and they signed over all of their IP. So they were a new podcast. They gained huge fame and tons of success, but when they wanted to leave and branch off and be independent or go to another you know, distrib distribution channel or whatever the case may be, uh, they couldn't, they couldn't take their content with them. So that's a bad deal, right? If you're new, if you're able to keep your IP, then it can be beneficial, um, but you don't need it. I, like I, when you're starting a business, the only thing you need is wherewithal and the ability to work your fucking ass off. If you have those two things, like you can make whatever you want for yourself as long as there's no quit in you and you've got that. Yeah, 100%. I feel like so many people are like, you know, they're thinking about starting to put out content or they want to put out some sort of content or start any kind of business in reality. Um, and they just say, you know, there's too many people like the barriers to entry are way too big to overcome. Uh, I, I'm not going to make this show or this content because somebody else is kind of doing it already. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think you can find your niche, not even find your niche, but find an audience fairly yeah. quickly if you're putting out good genuine content that's very relatable uh, and then as an added boost like you're saying you can kind of get in with these distribution networks uh, to kind of give you that push so it kind of just is what works best for you exactly so with regards to I, I, it was hinted at this bull run central you know i think we are personally you know headed or in in the bull market i should say yesterday i put out a tweet that said we've done four x in four months like this is a bull market 100 percent uh sure. so i kind of want to talk about the kind of roles that media outlets play uh, and these content creators play in the push during that bull run uh, and also with adoption, because, you know, I feel like so many people on crypto Twitter talk about these content creators. They say, oh, they're cringe. They're terrible people. Sure. Uh, a buddy of mine who I you know go hiking with regularly, Michael Nye, everybody, everybody hates him for some reason. <laughs> it's because they've never met him. I mean, like Nye yeah. is like, the he's just a, he's a good dude. He's, he's a good, good dude. He's a cool um, dude. Very relaxed. Uh, yeah. But he killed it, and I think that he very much aided in the kind of madness and insanity of 2017. He got content to a lot of people who wouldn't get it otherwise uh, and really pushed adoption, uh, maybe not in the ways that everybody agrees with, but he was still able to do it. So I just want to kind of pick your brain on how you think these content creators can help push this 2020 bull run that we're looking at and also how to become kind of the next Michael Nye. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I couldn't tell you how to become an Nye <laughs> for sure. Nye is a unique guy. Uh, is he, he is. Nye or is he Nye or Mike Eleven now? I'm. Uh, oh, I thought Mike that was X. Mike Z. Mike Z. I don't know. <laughs> he did spend. He did spend a lot of time in Asia last year. Um, I don't know, man. Mike is awesome, and I think that he is. He is one of a kind, and there's no one that could ever. Uh, there's no one that could ever come in and fill that gap. I think he he was very important for crypto at that stage. And while a lot of people may have said like, you know, negative things about him, um, he's just he's a good dude. His heart was in the right place, and good for him for capitalizing on the market the way that he did. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't think he did anything shady or wrong in any way, shape, or form. And I wish him all the best. Um, I think the one thing that influencers can do to really make sure that they stay in a positive light is just operate in transparency and to make sure that they're looking to add value before they extract uh, value from other people like with you and your your group that you have um, you're helping a lot of people and yes you're making money in a business as well but you are you know you're adding exponential value to all of those people there's people that are in your rbops group they're going to be able to walk away from like their full-time job maybe they already have because you're helping them create a residual monthly income or a, a monthly income that doesn't take very long to get set up. Uh, it just requires someone to help them and give them that push. There's influencers that have the ability to do that. And those are the people that you follow. And then if you decide that you would like to be a leech, uh, the community is going to turn you into uh, an Eric Cho right? or Choi, right? It's, it's going to happen. Like we, we will, like we savage people like that. And yeah. when I say we, I mean, everyone, in crypto because we have to self-police and we know that like that shit is just bad for the space like there's only so many people that are here if there's an influencer that's doing shady shit like that it's detrimental so uh if you do right and you you know are good to people i think that your your social profile is going to increase you're gonna have tons of ways of making money um and no one's gonna fault you for it but if you take the opposite path sorry for you it's it's not going to be it's not going to be a good time. Yeah, I I think that it definitely falls into two groups of people. It's the people who go into it with the idea that I'm going to make money from this industry, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, but to start right. out any kind of at least content creation saying that I'm just doing this for the money, uh, I think you're going to get out of it. You're going to take on sponsorships that are you know poor, might be a scam. Uh, you're always going to be looking to push something. And there's, there's a certain group of influencers on Twitter, on YouTube, on these platforms uh, that you kind of associate with the will shill anything for $100. Uh, who's, who's your, I don't know if you feel comfortable naming. Is oh, there one that you're like, this is, a, this is a don't follow, this is a stay away from? Going oh, into the bull man, run? I don't want to call anyone out, but uh, I, I, oh, I, I, I need to be professional. <laughs> I, I like totally right, would fine, at fine. any other time. Do you have somebody in mind that you're talking about? No, I think I've named him already. I think he may be gone as okay. well. Eric, Eric Cho, I think yeah, he's gone. Eric uh, yeah. Cho, um, I guess there was Philicone, or I think that's how you pronounce his name, also kind of doing similar stuff. That hair, bro. That Dude, hair. That hair. hair. It's, it's wild. Like, it's kind of magnificent. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's some of these guys. You just know who we're kind of talking about. Anyone who's listening to this, who's been in the industry for longer than like six months already probably knows these people. Uh, and they're getting paid to tweet and they're getting paid to put out content. And it's just not genuine. And I think that's right. what it kind of comes down to at the end of the day. Sure. Um, I know you said, you know, I don't know how Mike did it, Michael. Um, I don't either. I've talked to him about it. It really was kind of this same idea of just like being genuine. Uh, for the people who don't know a little bit of insight, a lot of the stuff that he was doing was on his dime as well. You know, he was flying around Asia. Again, this yeah. is kind of like a, a relaxing thing to do and a fun thing to do. But at the same time, it was, you know, coming out of his pocket to travel to these places, to speak at some of these conferences. Uh, but I think one of the biggest things uh, that I have learned was that you really need to get ingrained in the community. Uh, when I started my show, I had a decent number of followers, uh, but there wasn't that that kind of conversion to listeners and downloads because I wasn't super ingrained in the community. Uh, and as soon as I started kind of talking with more people, reaching out, you know, putting people on, 
you know, getting ingrained is, I guess, the best way to say it is when I really saw the the success and the podcast start to take off because people are like, I like this guy. I'll probably like his content as well. Any other tips before we move on on kind of how to grow a quote unquote brand and kind of how to handle things in a bull market? I mean, if you're listening to the show, the the first thing to know is that if somebody's mentioning it on Twitter, they already have a bag. Like, fill before shill is is a rule, right? And just know that, like, it's 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 there. Um, and other than that, when it comes to building a brand, I mean, hey, I'm I'm learning every day, so I'm not the authority on that. Uh, maybe we can revisit that question in you know five years or so when hash rate is where where we want to get it to uh, in that time, and we can talk then. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so you you talk about, you know, five years down the line, we'll be talking again. I usually like to kind of wrap up my interviews with two of the same questions, uh, one of which is, what are you most excited for in the coming 12 months? And I know you've talked about some big things in the pipeline already, but is there anything else that you're really looking forward to? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about wider adoption of cryptocurrency. Um, And that may sound like hokey bullshit but i think that 12 months from now every person listening to this podcast is going to be having meaningful conversations about uh, bitcoin and altcoins with people in their life that they wish would have asked them about it um, and that for me is really exciting like I'm, I'm excited to have these conversations with my you know brothers and sisters who I, like it's gonna happen like we're gonna have everyone asking us and it's it's gonna be so freaking cool to get to share it with them do you think we're going to break away from that? This is all just a huge money-making scheme to this is actually very important and a way to kind of take control of my finances and my money and get away from the kind of needless printing of money that we've been seeing, kind of the core values of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and decentralization. So that's a loaded question. Uh, Very much I think so. As, <laughs> as long as as long as there's a market, there's going to be people who are looking to extract as much money for, or as much value from it as possible. And value is defined differently by different people, right? Institutional investors, like look at you know um, digital currency group, and uh, I mean they're always going to be looking at how much money they can make, how much return they can show their their investors. So there's always going to be that element of it. There will always be the smaller people who are trying to chase wealth or chase riches or however you want to look at it. But I think there are already, and it will continue to grow, uh, a group of people who are focused on uh, Bitcoin or crypto as a hedging instrument. And it's eventually going to overtake the majority of their portfolio. And then it's going to be looked at like a retirement plan. You know, like you're able to convert a percentage of your monthly income every month to, uh, to crypto, and that's your nest egg. Uh, Because God knows there's no such thing as a 401k anymore, right? So I think that we're going to see, you know, all three sides or, you know, parts of that spectrum. Um, But of course, that last one's going to be the biggest because that's going to include the most people. And, you know, it's going to be great. I'm I'm really excited for that. Perfect. And then just to wrap it up one last time, as we kind of head into these new times this next year or so, what's your biggest tip for the guys in media and these kind of influencers just like to wrap up the episode as a biggest tip uh and keep in mind this is as we are going into this kind of new era where crypto is more widely adopted it is seen as some sort of investment long-term investment like you're saying some sort of retirement investment versus i can make a quick buck buying bitcoin yeah i so i'm the, the word influencer is is a tough one, right? So I will, we'll, we'll cast that aside. I'm, I think that, you know, for anyone that's creating content, for anyone that's in the space, for anyone that is, you know, really concerned or cares about future mass adoption, don't be a dick, right? Just be good to people. You know, people are going to come to you with questions, answer them, guide them, help them, help them get a wallet set up, transfer them $5 of Bitcoin, teach them how to, you know, secure it. Uh, all of those things, that's critically important if we want mass adoption, right? Like that's all I would say. Just be a good person. Simple enough. It's it's funny because I have a bumper sticker on the back of my car. All it says is don't be a dick. And uh, I get worse to live by. I, I see people behind me smiling, pointing at it all the time. 
and and you're right just you know we are one big community as much as people hate to look at it like that you know there's some people in the community who think they're better than others because they're not going about their business one way uh, and others are but again we're one small community uh, in a much wider um, general finance kind of you know sense god that was terrible i really put that out terribly but i hope you guys got what i mean you know cryptocurrency much smaller than finance as a whole uh so we really do need to just kind of work together don't be a dick we all went through this kind of you know learning phase and there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be in that boat don't forget about them don't forget about what you were like when you first started Uh, and i think that will make that transition to mass adoption much easier now i do kind of want to change this episode up you know that's kind of the questions that i normally throw down for people uh before we get into it because i know you wanted to ask me some questions it's not the norm on this show uh but you've got content that you put out and so i think it would be cool if you had any questions for me um that you wanted to fire off so that we can kind of continue this conversation if you have the time um, yeah, I've got, I do have in five minutes, I've got another podcast actually. Um, oh, okay. Yes, I do. I did ask a lot of my questions throughout this show though. Okay. So okay. I was able to weave a lot of them in. Um, but I would like to, if we can get a part two set up, I would love to get a part two where I can, I can put you under the microscope. Charles. Oh yes, please. Cause I haven't had my coffee yet and I couldn't do it today. Um, <laughs> but a part two would be lovely. I know you have this other podcast in five. So let's talk offline and get it sorted. Any last thing, anything that you want the audience to know before we go? Honestly, man, thank you for having me on. I am excited for you and everything that you've done. I've been a huge fan for a long time. Um, and I'm just, I'm rooting for you, man. I think that what you're doing is fantastic. You are a good actor in this space and you provide a ton of valuable content that obviously people have deemed worthy and find value in. So keep doing your thing man thank you so much shit man i really appreciate that most people at the end they plug their shit and they're off so thank you so much uh for anyone else we're gonna have links to your twitter all of your business twitter all the content you kind of put out we're gonna have it all uh so for anyone who's interested in learning a little bit more uh doing some deep dives on the mining sector head on over again we'll have it all in the description and Thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Good talk, Charles. This is awesome.